0: Allison posted a picture of Sean's Netflix, like recommendations or something that was like doomsday preppers. And she's like, just so everyone knows where Sean's at. And all I was thinking was like, "Okay, let's see yours. Damn! (laughs) Yeah, like I know that shit's all murder, right? Right? And for the record, all you work on a murder show. Exactly. I was gonna say for the record, Allison is dating Sean and works for a murder show. Yeah, (laughs) we're on to you. Yeah, I I wanted to comment it, but I was like, I don't really know her that well, and it's gonna get weird. Oh, she would have loved it. She would have loved it. Give me your goddamn Aaron. Well. Mine is that my life has finally come into the fucking 21st century and we got a dishwasher and I'm so excited. <laughs> Girl, you live in the fancy life. You know. Bitch, I told you, you rich. I, well, listen, now I am. <laughs> now, now I accept that into my life. Before you were washing them dishes by hand. Oh, I wasn't. But Brandon was. <laughs> which meant that my dishes were never fucking clean. So. <laughs> but you weren't washing them, so. Yeah, I accepted it silver lining i yeah. would get like a fork with fucking a noodle still on it and he'd be <laughs> like i told you just put it back in the sink i'm like motherfucker <laughs> do you have eyes did you just like fling the crusted noodle off and use the fork anyway oh no i would throw it back in the sink and grab another one. oh uh, then... i've t- i'm the gal i would just like scrape it off and be like "Yeah, close enough i mean if it was like a little chunk i've done it because yeah, i'm a yeah, okay. monster human being yeah, but I'm so fucking excited to finally have nice things in my life. Girl, you got a bosh. I got a Bosch. <laughs> That's, for the record, the best dishwasher there is. Is it? Mm-hmm. Did you do research? No, but Brandon did. Oh, so he knows. Yeah, he That's watched like 45 YouTube videos on fucking dishwashers because he has the attention span for that. But not a movie. <laughs> but I'm not bitter. Not that anyone's harboring any like harsh feelings over there. <laughs> Uh, can we address the fact that I came over and you showed me and you opened it and inside she had a bunch of dirty dishes, right? As Because it's true. a dishwasher. And they weren't even <laughs> rinsed out. And I was like, well, it better be a good one because you got fucking macaroni still in there. Hell yeah. And Brandon proceeded to explain <laughs> that it washes better if there's food in the dishes and if you don't rinse them off first because the food particles rub each other together. Some stupid shit. The friction of the food. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to have to let me know if that's really a thing. I will. Listen, I don't know if it's true, but I just, I do what he says. Happy husband, happy life, you know? Preach. That's what I say all the time. Yep. So now I just need a new washer dryer, and I will be so happy. Living the fucking life of a queen. (laughs) Listen. Jesus Christ. We're old. This is stupid. I know. This is dumb. This is how I know I've become an adult. Ugh. Like, super excited for a dishwasher. I know. Uh. But also, that means that I don't have to do my fucking childhood chores, so. Preach. All right. All right, Stacey, give me your goddamn. Oh, yeah. It's my turn. My goddamn this week is obviously I have a baby. Still? <laughs> Still he's kicking. Kept right. him alive this long and he's about six months old. Doing can, good. Can you guys believe that? First of all, six months old. I know. Insane. That shit is happening The <laughs> kid's six weeks. Uh, okay, so he's six months old and we need to sleep train his ass because I'm fucking sick of getting up every few hours. It yeah. has been six months of my life where I've had at max, four hours of sleep at one time. Yeah. So I'm tired. Fucking preach. Like, real tired. Yeah. And so we need to sleep train. And we've been doing it, for like, off and on for a couple of weeks. I got really sick, right? Fucked up sleep training, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I was like, that's not how sleep training works, but no. you do you, boo. <laughs> no, like, you got to, like, stick with it. And I know this because I sleep trained my first, like, a fucking champ. Yeah. But I also didn't have another child to worry about. At screaming the same time. and waking yeah, it up exactly oh god so baby number two holy fucking shit every night it's like i've had one good night in a long time every night it's been almost every hour and i let him cry because i'm like uh fuck you like this is how sleep training works <laughs> okay i don't really <laughs> tell my baby fuck you for the record he doesn't know yet no it's he fine. has no idea what i'm saying but i'm like no this is how sleep training works you have to cry it out but i'm laying right next to him and then he's just like eh, 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 and like fussing. oh i hate that Oh, my God. And then it goes on for an hour off and on. Mm -hmm. And then, I, you know, and I have a pillow over my head and everything. But I'm not sleeping the whole time this is going on. Yeah. And then eventually I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going to give him the tit and go back to sleep because it'll take me five minutes. He'll be sleepy. I lay him down. I'll get another two hours. Right. yeah. Yeah. So I keep doing it and I keep fucking it up. I'm fucking up sleep, sleepy time in our house. Girl, you need to put him in another room. I need to put him in another room, but I don't have that room ready because, side note, listeners don't know the shit, but we're going through some construction soon in our house. True. So we're waiting for that. It's going to happen in like a month and we have to pack everything up oh. and so I'm like I'm not gonna go fucking build a crib in his room and all this shit when I'm gonna have to deconstruct a crib from his room yeah or and I was thinking maybe put his little pack and play in there oh but there then I have to go hook up the fucking monitor because I'm a psycho mom and I have to make sure he's breathing every fucking five seconds or else I won't sleep yeah so I'm like okay I can do this because with my older son he slept next to me in his little pack and play during sleep training and it worked fine oh he right? did yeah oh. like I I put my fucking head under a pillow and I serve it right i fared the fucking storm stormy weather yeah and i can do that with this one too i've been doing it but guess what the fuck happens what he falls asleep and literally 30 seconds later, my older one wakes up screaming. And no. I'm like, no. And so then I run to the older one and I'm like, what's wrong? And he'll be like, I'm scared. I'm scared. This legit happened last night. I'm scared. I'm scared. And I'm like, you're OK. Like, there's nothing to be afraid of. And then I realized what was happening because this was like the fifth time I went into his room after he was freaking out. And I was kind of rubbing his back for a minute. Like, this is weird that he keeps freaking out. Yeah. And then I realized because we turn on like a sound machine in his room to make it sound like a fucking wind tunnel so that hopefully he won't hear the baby. Yeah. And or anything else going on in the house. And it has like a little projector that projects little fishies on his ceiling or whatever. Well, he was fucking with it earlier that day. And it's got this little setting that you can turn on for if it hears sound, it'll kick on. So if a baby cries, it'll kick on. After the baby stops crying for a little bit of time, it turns off. So it had been on that setting and I had turned it on for him and then as he fell asleep, it turned off on its own. Yeah. And the sudden sound of the wind tunnel stopping was waking him up and he'd wake up and it would be dark and he'd start screaming. Oh. Holy fucking shit though. So then like the baby screaming, I just get him down. My older one starts screaming and he wakes up the baby. So then now I'm like dealing with the older one and then running to the baby. I'm not shitting you. It was a fucking nightmare. I haven't slept in forever. I'm so tired. Oh, my God. This stresses me out. That whole story stresses me out. Well, you're smart and your house is way bigger and it's more spread out. (laughs) So you'll be fine. It's just more spread out. (laughs) Yeah. Where my current child is on the other side of the house. Like if he wakes up screaming, I can't hear shit from my bedroom. I'm so jealous. Yeah. Except that we have to have the monitor then. Yeah. But then. I would do a monitor. Yeah. That'd be great yeah at least you can turn it down yeah like ugh. <laughs> like, that's this loud he's done yelling yeah. <laughs> i hear yeah. you so loud <laughs> oh my gosh it's like, well and he's my older one is at the age where he wants his door left open because he's scared Aww. and he wants to know that like we're right there so we do that which means when the baby cries it's like he's crying in his fucking room yeah oh my god i just don't know what i'm doing wrong with my life well you had kids yeah first of all (laughs) that's where you went wrong but there's no backsies so (laughs) so we're here yeah but i've been doing really good with like the sleep training for the most part but i've given in a couple times lately because i'm just so fucking tired yeah this is hard to be a parent every goddamn of mine is just gonna be i'm fucking tired (laughs) and i'm a parent i'm a mom (laughs) (laughs) how did i get here oh god all right murder time murder time well, I am going to tell you the story about John High. All right. It's another old one, like fucking 1900s. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> which isn't that long ago. Um, early 1900s. Like, oh, early, na- like okay. 1900s. <laughs> 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 oh. So he was born in 1909 in Stamford, Lincolnshire, England. Oh. You're welcome, B. Good job. So his dad was an engineer and his parents were members of a conservative Protestant sect. (laughs) Every time I hear the word sect, I'm like, oh, it's a cult. (laughs) Yes. The way you looked into my soul when you said that word made me uncomfortable giggle. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone else is like, why did she laugh after that word? (laughs) Sect. (laughs) Stop. It's because it sounds dirty, but it's not. No, it's not. And also, you're right. It sounds like a cult. Yeah, it sounds pretty culty, right? Okay, so John claimed that he would get religious nightmares when he was a kid. Oh, fuck. That sounds terrifying. (laughs) So, good start. Jesus. Yeah. What does that mean? Like the devil coming for me. Yeah, I don't think I go into his nightmares in this one because the next one that I researched also had nightmares. God, don't mix up. And I do go into that a little. Okay, (laughs) don't mix up your stories. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think it was like nightmares about like the devil or something? Or was it like... Oh, for sure. Jesus was like repent for your sins side note i had nightmares about religion when i was a kid really yeah what were they it was uh, i was going to hell and that there were (gasps) demons oh that's so sad well when a lot of people in your life tell you that you're going to hell because you don't believe in anything (laughs) because your parents didn't teach you to be like just say you're Christian. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucked up that people do that. Yeah. I've had that done to me actually multiple times and I was religious at that time. Oh, I'm actually still like, I'm maybe not, oh, I still believe in my shit, but I was like actively going to church and they were like, y'all are going to hell. And I'm like, what? I thought I was doing all steps to like not do that. <laughs> I thought I was doing well. I thought, I thought. <laughs> I went to church with my grandma once and an old lady told me that I was going to hell. Whoa, bro. You're like, uh, excuse me, miss. Do you see where I am? Yeah, that's what I thought. Except that everyone was going up to get the cracker and (laughs) (laughs) that is the body of Christ. Excuse you. Dude, we are offending so many people with this conversation. (laughs) Maybe I'll cut it out. But listen. Okay, I'm ready. I didn't go up because I didn't have my first communion or whatever. Yeah, you're not allowed to eat Jesus. I wasn't allowed to partake in his flesh. Yeah. And so I didn't. And I sat there and my fucking grandma was like, just chill out right here. So what happens if you do eat his flesh? Nothing. I've done it. Okay. I was going (laughs) to tell you because uh, I've never had a first communion at all. And I've also eaten the body of Christ and drank his blood. Yeah. Well, I mean, nothing happens immediately. Like, I didn't get smote. (laughs) Yeah, you didn't burst into flames. Yeah. Is he going to be cool with it when we get to the pearly gates? I don't know. I don't know the answers to that. He's going to be like, those were my fucking oyster crackers (laughs) and my goddamn cranberry juice. I'm pretty sure Jesus is way cooler than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that if... There is a God and all that, that like, as long as you live your life by some semblance of morals yeah. and as a good person, he's not going to be like, no, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, just be nice to each other. <laughs> right. But I digress. Yeah. Everybody's like, thanks for that fucking update on. Thanks for that fucking sermon. Yeah. <laughs> Preach it. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So he had these religious nightmares. Yeah. And he was really into classical music, which Ooh. I don't know. A little yeah he went to see Bach in fucking concert oh, shit I forgot this is so long ago <laughs> yeah it's like I knew Bach <laughs> right he learned how to play the piano when he was really young and Ooh. he would go to these like fucking classic concerts classical music concerts I don't know concertos they were probably just cl- yeah I was gonna say they probably weren't like classical at the time yeah they were just concerts like were, there was a piano and there was a dude up there playing yeah. a piano. Yeah. Yeah, but he would he went and saw Bach and Vivaldi and oh, shit. Tchaikovsky. Oh. Yeah, like all the fucking big names, right? Yeah, Probably did. before they were big. Yeah. Oh. He's yeah. like, "Uh, I liked them before anybody else did." He was the hipster of classical music. He was us in high school. Yeah, exactly. But for pianos. <laughs> <laughs> Pianists. <laughs> Okay, so he was good enough in school and at the piano that he won a scholarship to Queen Elizabeth Grammar School in Wakefield. Ooh. Then he got another scholarship to Wakefield Cathedral, and he became a choir boy. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Right? That's not where this is going. Don't worry. (laughs) Okay, okay. And then when he graduated, he apprenticed at a firm of motor engineers... For a year. Jesus, he's like all over the place here. Yeah, he can't really decide what he wants to do, right? It's all of us. And so when that apprenticeship ended, he worked jobs in insurance and advertising. (laughs) So again, just fucking branching out like maybe this will stick. Oh, let me try this one. Nope, not that. Not happening. So he was fired when they suspected him of stealing. Oh. So then when he was 30 years old, he married 23-year-old Beatrice Hamer, who went by Betty. Okay. So then the marriage was starting to fall apart, and then to top it off, John was sent to jail for fraud. Oh, shit. Turns out Betty was pregnant. Uh Uh-oh. And she gave birth to a baby girl while he was in jail, and she gave her up for adoption and then left John. Well, smart. Yeah. Sounds like maybe best case scenario. Probably. Considering where these stories go, right? Yeah. So John's conservative family was like, well, you're a fucking pock on this earth, right? And so they disown him. Oh, shit. That's a little intense. Yeah, right? Jesus. You are a pock on this earth. (laughs) I don't know if that's a quote. I mean, (laughs) it's not because I just made it up. (laughs) You are harsh. (laughs) Now you know what I'm going to say. If my kid comes home with a (laughs) B. kidding. So he moved to London and was a chauffeur to a wealthy man named William McSwan. Yes. So he took all of his fucking insurance... And car knowledge and advertising agency knowledge and was like, I'm going to be a chauffeur. Yes, he is all over the place. Yeah. He was trying to find him. Yeah, he was going to find himself, right? Yeah, yeah. But this guy, he was just basically like fucking driving Miss Daisy around now, right? (laughs) Yeah. But it's William. Yeah. Driving Mr. William. Yeah. And William owned arcades. Oh, shit. This sounds like the best person to know. Right? I didn't know that those were a thing in fucking the 1930s. I imagine they're all like carnival games. (laughs) Like there's just a dude that's like, step right up. Throw your fucking ping pong ball into this bowl and win a goldfish. Yeah, but John also served as the maintenance man for these machines. Mm. So I'm assuming there has to be some kind of like thing to maintain that's not a carny. Yeah, and you did say 1930s, so. yeah. So maybe they're like pinball machines. Yeah. You got to like grease them up, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Got to make sure they're nice and lubed. Gross. (laughs) All right. So he was a maintenance man for these machines. And then after that, he decided to pretend to be a solicitor, which is essentially a lawyer that doesn't go to court. He just gives legal advice. Okay. Totally different thought process by definition of solicitor in my mind. Like a prosty. (laughs) No, I was thinking of, like, you know, people that, cut like, just in general, a solicitor, like, stop calling me, tr- stop trying to sell me your shit. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nope. So different. I was like, he just decided I'm going to solicit shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sell shit. No, this is in England. So then everything yeah. was like, ah, he was a barrister. And I'm like, um, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. He shined banisters. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had to look up like, is a solicitor the same as a lawyer? And that's where I found out that no, but yes, but no. I remember because I did a case where the victim was going to divorce the person who killed her, allegedly. And she went and spoke to a solicitor. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that willingly? And a different <laughs> definition. <laughs> yeah. Apparently that's the thing. OK. So basically, this guy took the whole, like, fake it till you make it thing. Yeah. And, like, really took that to heart. And, and it like, worked. Yeah. I can be a solicitor. No big deal. Sure. And at this time, he also went by William Cato Adamson okay and he had three different offices around london surrey and sussex how are you gonna afford three offices fucking right apparently he's really soliciting shit (laughs) he's good at it yeah he was selling fraudulent stock shares from supposedly deceased clients but he was caught when a client noticed a misspelling on his letterhead oh details buddy details right And so they were like, "Uh, this is like a rookie mistake, right? Like, we better have the cops take a look at this guy. Oh, I would have just been like, ugh, you need to edit your shit. I would have been pissed. Yeah, you would have been. (laughs) But that's your job to be pissed. It's true. I would have been like, huh. I've looked at this so many times. And I never <laughs> once noticed. Never even saw it. You know what, though? If it was a capitalization mistake, I would have been fucking furious. Right? I get all over those. I'm like, goddamn, don't capitalize everything. Yeah, goddamn grammar Nazi over here. Yeah. 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 Speaking of Nazis, tell me about it. <laughs> Great segue. <laughs> <laughs> so he was found out about, like, being a fucking fraud. Yeah. And he was given a four-year prison sentence. Wow. For fraud. Wow. Okay. And then he was released right after World War II. Oh, good. Boom. Speaking of Nazis. Yeah. There we are. (laughs) There's the Nazi. Full circle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But he wasn't a Nazi. Well, he was released right after World War II began. Oh, okay. So. But no, he was not a Nazi. Okay. Good to know. So he continued his life of fraud and he ended up being caught several more times and served a few more terms. And at this point, he realized that if he would just kill his victims. Whoa. Then that took a leap. He wouldn't get caught anymore, right? Yeah. I mean, I was thinking, why would you, <laughs> you to just kill around? them? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to get into it, such a subtle. <laughs> just slip that in, right? You know it's really annoying? Because <laughs> people keep reporting me. Yeah, yeah. People are like, hey, this person's actually alive. And he was like, fuck. So then he's going to kill them. And then he's really selling dead people stock. Is that his plan? He's going to kill the people and then steal from the dead people. Oh. So then he had heard of a French murderer named Georges-Alexander Serret. Mm Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Crushed it. Or Serret. (laughs) Ooh. I'm not sure. Who disposed of his victims' bodies with sulfuric acid. Ooh. And so he started doing tests on field mice. What the fuck? Trying to dissolve them. And he found that it took 30 minutes to dissolve a mouse. Oh my God, okay. First of all, when you, anybody says field mice, I immediately think of little bunny foo-foo. Oh. <laughs> well, he's bopping him on the head. Yeah, this a little fucking, like, he's little bunny foo-foo in the story. Yeah. But also, he conducted an experiment multiple times and was like, ah, oh, yes, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes. What's he going to do? Like, figure out the fucking cubic circumference <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of a field mice? And then, like, multiply it by person? Probably. Like, Listen, you look like 32 field mice. He was really good in school. You look like 32 field mice oh my god thank you <laughs> i've been really working on my weight lately yeah i lost 14 field mice today <laughs> for this week well that's at least an hour and a half yeah Okay. Not really. I can't. I does math. Whatever. You know, don't yell at me later, guys. I I won't. No one else gives a fuck either. <laughs> no. Me. Never once has anybody Actually. ever. Actually. No one's ever tried to correct me about shit like that. Actually, we did get an email, though, where somebody was like, I'm gonna be that person. It's not caramel. It's caramel. <laughs> I read that and I was like, which way did I say it? I did the exact same thing because I was like, oh, I always say caramel. And then I don't. I have no fucking clue. I say it however my mouth. Forms the words. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> but now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, it's caramel. Yeah, like we do. I know I that. But the then thing. I probably was reading it like it's fucking caramel. I don't know. Oh yeah, you said caramel and it came out so natural. It I sounded did natural to my ears. I had a lot of confidence in it. Yeah. Caramel, caramel. Me, man. caramel, listen. That's not the only thing we say wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with caramel. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a stance. Yeah somebody's got to be different in this world right uh, right also keep calling us out for that shit because it cracks me up to make us think of all of this same like, we're both immediately like mm, it that's was how probably Stacey Stacey said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly that's how Aaron said it and then mm. we start talking about it and we're like fuck man I don't even know who made that joke it was probably totally me okay so 30 minutes to dissolve a mouse right yeah so then I don't know if he was doing these fucking experiments in prison or what but then he was released from prison. Oh. Where'd you get that acid from? Right? Like, did, uh, did you get that in commissary? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was, like, used for something. Like, it's part of laundry detergent. Maybe. Okay. Or like, cleaner. I, don't, I know. don't know. Maybe he did it before then. Okay. Either way, he was released from prison again in 1943. And, and- he had this knowledge of acid. Yeah, and he knew how bodies. long it took to fucking dissolve a field mouse. Okay. And he got a job as an accountant with an engineering firm. All right, an accountant. Yeah, he's just hopping all over the place. I mean, you got to be good at math if you know how long it takes to melt a field mice to body ratio. <laughs> it's true. Whatever the fuck we're going to call that. <laughs> What's this guy's name? John High. Oh, uh, yes, the High Theory. Yes. <laughs> Which is now well known in textbooks. <laughs> so then one day while he's at a local pub... Mm-hmm. He saw his old employer, the guy who owned the arcades, yeah, William McSwan, and so William was telling him that he now worked for his parents, and his parents rented properties, and William would collect the rent for them. And John was jealous of William. Yeah, sounds like a pretty cush job. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do your life. Uh huh. So then he decided to lure William to a basement. Oh God. And hit him over the head, killing him. Oh Lord. Then he put William's body into a 40-gallon drum and filled it with sulfuric acid. Then he came back two days later, and William's body had been dissolved into (sighs) sludge. Ugh. Yeah. Does it do, like, the bones, too? I think so. Oh, God. Yeah. That's fucking creepy. Because then John poured the fucking man soup down a manhole. Oh, no. Yeah. That can't be good for the environment. Can you fucking imagine the smell? Ugh oh i have so many questions i mean you can try (laughs) yeah one that's a lot of acid to come into yeah 40 gallon drum yeah aren't they normally 50 gallons maybe in the 40s they were smaller inflation (laughs) yeah inflation also people are bigger now too yeah (laughs) yeah it takes more they made the drums bigger because we just keep putting bodies in them. Yeah. Uh, okay. That won't fit the average American. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Certainly not now. <laughs> um, the manhole. Uh-huh. Where was this manhole located? Okay, so I actually had to double check on this one because I was like, is he just going in the middle of the fucking street? Yeah. Like, like, do you think he has a lid on the fucking barrel and he's like rolling it down and he just kicks the lid off <laughs> and goes in <listening laughs> the manhole? He's like whistling the whole time? Yeah. I believe that it was actually in a basement of, like, the place that he's renting. Oh, okay. They have manholes there? One of the articles that I read, it kind of sounded like that. Like, it was like a drain, but they called it a manhole. Side note. Have you ever seen a manhole cover open? No. It's fucking horrifying. Really? Horrifying. The one up on my street was open. They were doing something, and I happened to be up there, and I saw it. And there were about like a fucking thousand, a metric fuck ton of roaches. Ew! Just stop skittering it, gittarin' around. Goddamn, are you sure this wasn't one of your religious nightmares? <laughs> <laughs> right? It was <laughs> like you were in hell. Oh, it was horrifying. And what? I was like, "What the fuck is that? Like, is that why you're here?" <laughs> Because that's not okay. Oh my God. Like, that was, it was, oh my God, it was so bad. And the guy was like, no, that's just what they always look like. Like I love that you talked to the guy. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't just going to let that shit slide. I was like, you seen this shit? (laughs) This must be the problem. We have an infestation. Yeah. And they were like, no, 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 no. They're all like this. Like, that's normal. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, that's gross. Totally changed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for me. Yeah, yeah my older son asks me if they stink like do ninja turtles stink because they live in the sewers and you're I'm like, like probably oh, never thought of that yeah. and they're teenagers so <laughs> <And> also turtles <laughs> <laughs> hey i owned a pet turtle they kind of stink they do they're like musty yeah at any rate okay so he had a fucking drain slash manhole in his okay so it was next to like his murder in section yeah yeah it was yeah. part of the setup exactly that makes it a little more believable Not that I don't believe the story, it's just I didn't understand it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't see why someone would be okay with like a dude just pouring 40 gallons of anything into a manhole. No. Let alone like, that looks like sludge, like people sludge. I can't believe that it like dissolves bones and shit that quickly. So, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Yeah. They did find a foot at one point. Oh, so maybe just like mushes it up, makes it mushy. Maybe.
1: Oh. But they didn't say that they
0: found (laughs) other bones. Uh, so maybe that one just didn't cook as long it was like floating on top you know tennis shoes float that's true maybe the person sold shoes on yeah Mystery fucking solved. Fucking boom. Wow. Okay. Anyway. Yes. He dissolved William, right? Yeah. And then he went and told William's parents that he had gone into hiding in Scotland so that he wouldn't get called into military service. Okay. And his parents were like, oh. Sounds like William. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But, don't worry, because he was going to live in William's house, and he would also collect the rent for them. Oh, I'll be your son. Basically, yeah. Like, he just fucking took over this guy's life. Creepy. And, like, back in the day, you took people for their word. What is a man if he doesn't keep his word? Exactly. So these parents were like, oh, makes a lot of sense. Oh, my God. For sure. You know what? And this William guy, he seemed like he treated... Like, you know, he was, like, a nice guy. Well, he was the employer to John at one point. Like, he obviously, I don't know. He didn't have a falling out. Yeah. Okay. So then by July of 1945, the war is coming to an end, right? Yes. And William's parents were starting to get a little bit worried that they hadn't heard from William. And so John decided to lure William's parents, Donald and Amy, to the (gasps) same basement No. on... Louchester Road don't do it under the guise that their son William was coming back from Scotland oh that's so mean and it was like this surprise right it's so much worse than mean but you know yeah it's pretty fucked up oh man if you all can hear that then the ghetto hyenas (laughs) (laughs) fucking coyotes are going bananas right now (laughs) They are going crazy. Holy shit, there's a lot of them. They just had puppies. Jesus Christ. I wonder if you can hear that on here. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to get murdered by hyenas, not <laughs> hyenas, coyotes when I go to my car. All right. Okay, so he brings them back to the basement. Yeah, lures yeah. them in. Lures, lures them they- in that their son's coming back. From Scotland. Yeah. So then he hits them both over the head, killing them. Oh. And dissolves their bodies as well. Oh, God. John stole their pension checks. How? I wonder how you do it, like, with a couple there. You know, like. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Here's my theory. You got to take out the guy first. Yes. Or, you know, take out the quote unquote threat first. Or maybe he did it one by one. Like, you fix yourself a cup of tea. Oh, maybe. We're going down here. Yeah. Okay. Could have been. At any rate, he stole their pension checks, and then he sold their properties. Oh. And he moved into the Onslow Court Hotel in Kensington. He moved into a hotel? Yeah. The way that they were talking about this hotel, though, it sounded like it had residence, like people lived there for a while. Yeah. Interesting. So I don't know if it was just called a hotel. Unfortunately, he had a problem with gambling, and by 1947, he was running low on funds. So he went quote-unquote, house hunting. Oh, God. He found a house for sale and then pretended to be interested in buying it. Mm -hmm. And he made friends with the people that were selling the home. It was Dr. Archibald and Rose Henderson. Mm -hmm. And he was invited to their housewarming party to play piano for their guests. Oh, my God. He really went in and made friends with them. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, by the way, I play piano. And they were like, by the way, we have a housewarming party because we bought a new house since we sold this one. And we're selling it, right? Wow. Yeah. And so he was like, hell yeah. And he went there and he played piano for their guests and everything. And then he found and stole Dr. Archibald's revolver. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to fucking use this. That's probably way easier than hitting people over the head, right? Oh, God. So then Uh John rented a workshop in Sussex, And he moved his acid and his drums there instead of the basement on Gloucester Road. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And he would often stay at Crawley's George Hotel. And on February 12th, 1948, he told Dr. Archibald that he wanted to show him an invention. Uh Uh-oh. So he brought him to the hotel and he shot him in the head with his own fucking gun. Whoa, that's so fucked up, man. Right. And then he's got just like acid and drums and shit in a hotel. Yeah. But where's he dumping it? well i'll tell you <laughs> toilet i'm guessing toilet ew i don't tell you till later so okay okay i'll stop yeah i'll, stop. I'll let you tell the story don't get ahead of yourself okay here, all right okay. okay okay side note i don't know how no one heard a shot being shot in the fucking hotel yeah but silencer oh maybe did they On have a revolver <laughs> yeah yeah uh never mind <laughs> changed my vote <laughs> but at any rate i guess no one heard him he got away with it oh damn And he probably realized that shooting someone in a hotel was a bad idea. Yeah. So he decided to lure Mrs. Henderson to the workshop this time. Okay. Saying that the good doctor was sick and he needed her help. The good doctor. (laughs) And he shot her in the workshop. Okay. And then he dissolved both of their bodies in the acid drums and then forged a letter from them and sold all their stuff, keeping 8,000 pounds. I just, this is, like, mind-blowing that, like, not only are you killing the people and getting away with it, but then you're also just, like, acquiring their shit and then, like, disseminating it, selling it, whatever, and then just, like... And everyone's, like, oh, yeah, that's fine. You can sell this house that doesn't belong to you. Like, what happens to the next of kin? That, too. Yeah. Like, do these people not have families or anything? Yeah. I... This is crazy. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. It's a different fucking time, man. Certainly. But... He didn't sell everything because he ended up keeping their car and their dog. Oh. I mean, at least the dog's alive. He better treat that dog better than he treats those people. I would hope so. If you're going to keep the dog, then I feel like you, you know, you like the dog. God, that poor dog. Right? I just feel like my dog is emotionally attached to me. (laughs) I think if someone killed me, my dog wouldn't then be like, we cool? (laughs) Well, your dog doesn't know that they killed you. That's fair. So then at this point, he's telling everyone that he's an engineer And he's staying at the Onslow Court Hotel. Mm Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of stories to keep up. I know. And, like, how big is this fucking town? I don't know. There was another resident at this hotel named Olive Duran Deacon, who was 69 years old. (laughs) (laughs) And she was the widow to a rich solicitor. Okay. She told John that she had an idea for a new kind of fake nails... And since he was an engineer, he was like, I can totally help you with that. Oh, no, don't do it. Let's meet at my workshop. How much money do you have? I mean, what's your idea? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Do you have stocks or bonds? (laughs) Yeah. What's going on here? So then on February 18th, 1949, she went with him to his workshop and John shot her in the back of the neck with the gun that he had stolen from Dr. Archibald. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he took her jewelry and a... Persian lamb coat that she was wearing and then put her in a drum with sulfuric acid. Is that lamb? Oh, is that real? It's Persian lamb. hmm And he put her in the drum. He's calling this an acid bath. Oh god. So then two days later Olive was reported missing by her friend. Uh-huh. And police went to investigate her disappearance and noticed that John was staying in the same hotel and that he had a history of fraud. Okay, so they're like, This guy is shady. Yeah. Let's like check him this- out. Exactly. This guy's a little fucking weird, right? Yeah. So then they decide to search his workshop. And in the workshop they find John's attache. His <laughs> a what? His attache. What's that? It's like a suitcase. Oh. <laughs> and inside the attache. <laughs> They find a dry cleaner's receipt for Olive's coat. He got it dry cleaned. Yeah, he went and got it dry cleaned. Stop it. <laughs> well, I mean, she was shot in the back of the neck. There was probably well, blood you, on you it. You can't dry clean blood. You can clean it though. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Not, I don't mean like physically. You cannot dry clean blood. I just mean like, like you, you shouldn't, shouldn't. You shouldn't send that to a dry cleaner. That should be like a red flag. Maybe he has like a good dry cleaner that's on the low. I feel like every dry cleaner is like that. They're like, jizz again? (laughs) (laughs) right? Oh, it's just your fucking leather gimp suit? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I can't believe he got it dry cleaned. He did. They also found papers talking about the Hendersons and the McSwans. Ooh, he was keeping evidence. Yeah. paper trail. Can I ask a question about this workshop? Yes. Is it in the hotel? No, I think it's a separate location. Oh, okay. Is it his old house on wherever? It is not. Oh, because okay. here's the thing the first place that he was renting out on Gloucester or whatever, yeah, that had the basement and the manhole, yeah, well, it had all those fucking amenities, yeah. This place didn't have that, his workshop, yeah. So he was pouring the people soup out. Oh, god, on- <laughs> can you not call it people soup? <laughs> So he was pouring the people uh-huh. out on a uh, rubble pile in the back of the property. Oh. Yeah. Again, Just like I can't fucking imagine the smell of this. No, Because they're like on top of the fucking earth now, right? On top of a pile of earth. Yeah. And I, I don't... It somehow seems worse. <laughs> yeah. I don't think or know if sulfuric acid gets rid of smell. Oh, I have no idea. And I didn't try to Google that. So. I can't imagine it would, though. And then also like sitting out in the elements of the Whoa. sun gross. I'm thinking of like a hay pile, you know, have to like keep stirring it so it doesn't get too hot and like catch a yeah. fire. Yeah, spontaneously combust. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's probably like that. God. At any rate, police had a pathologist come out to investigate the pile, and uh-huh. he found 28 pounds of human body fat. Oh. Oh my god. How, how did he separate it? I do not know. Maybe it separated itself. Maybe, like fat in milk. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's gross. They found part of a foot, Oh, which we kind of talked about. Maybe it was in the shoe. Yeah. I don't know. And they found human gallstones. Oh. Turns out acid doesn't dissolve those, huh? Apparently not. Does it dissolve like teeth and stuff? I believe it does dissolve teeth because they found part of a denture that was later determined to be olives. Oh. But it didn't say they found any teeth. Huh. So then John confessed to killing Olive, the McSwans, and the Hendersons. Mm-hmm. And he also said that he killed three other people, but the claims couldn't be proven. And so he was obviously arrested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't have like a fucking mountain of human sludge in your backyard and not at least get arrested. <laughs> right. And he was being held for trial for murder. He pled not guilty by reason of insanity. No. Yeah. His insane plea was that he claimed he drank their blood. What? What? Yeah. How? Well, they're thinking that that he was just claiming that to be more insane or to seem more insane. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he actually did. Okay. But I mean, maybe. Who knows? We all need a good vampire now and then. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of vampires. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. He's not a vampire. Okay. But he claimed to have dreams of blood and gore since he was a child. Well, those are probably his, like, scary religious dreams. Yeah. Okay. And when he was in a car accident in 1944, these dreams came back to him. In these dreams. Okay. There was a forest and it was dripping with blood. Oh. And then there was a guy there that filled a cup with blood and forced him to drink it. He's a vampire. He's remembering his creation. That's his creator. Oh my God, maybe. (laughs) (gasps) I feel like you nailed it. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to do a vampire one again. (laughs) You did. You didn't even... Inadvertently, you did. I did. I didn't even realize. (laughs) Maybe that's why this one popped up in my search. It's like, uh, (laughs) she likes vampire shit. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so then when the court presented the fact that he had been dissolving the bodies in the sulfuric acid, Uh I guess it became clear that John's reasoning behind doing this was because he thought that the law was that basically no body no crime oh god and so he was like what it no. doesn't just disappear <laughs> yeah. right but He was like no i mean there's no body you can't prove anything nothing has happened no We're... no but they're like no no no. you have fucking people soup in your backyard yeah i mean it's not a body that you think of but there's like you know parts yeah the whole thing is there yeah if somewhere <laughs> yeah it's just it's just different now <laughs> yeah a lot different <laughs> It's not like it was before. No, it's not the same. Oh, God. They don't even say it's the same. (laughs) So, like we're just talking about, they didn't have actual bodies, but they had enough forensic evidence to convict him. Uh Uh-huh. And at least identify parts of them, it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. And he was sentenced to death by hanging okay okay so fun facts oh i love facts right and (laughs) when they're fun yeah especially if they're fun the door to his cell is on display at the horsham museum why i don't know they were like this is the fucking cell door that held in the scary john high yeah oh okay and you didn't like write john was here with a backward Z, right? With Which a would, U, B and S. Yeah. Uh, backwards Z. Jesus. <laughs> so another fun fact is that he asked a prison guard to have a trial run of his hanging to make sure that everything would run smoothly. Uh we need a rehearsal. Yeah. Lights, <laughs> cameras, <laughs> one, two, three, cut the cord. Mike, Mike don't cut check, mic, check, <laughs> check, check, I don't know if they did a trial run, but. I can't uh, imagine they're going to like just grant this dude anything. Like, yeah, yeah, boss, I got you. Right. I don't think that they did. I yeah. wouldn't think that they did. But okay. I'm pretty sure that everything went smooth because he did. So. Oh, shit. They did it? <laughs> yep. And oh, he wow. dead now. That's it. Wow. That's the end of my story. Holy shit. Right, interesting question. When I Google shit, am I going to be fucking horrified? Answer: Maybe. Ugh. Okay, I only saw his picture. He was All a right. handsome fella. Well, I'll let you know. I'll cuss <laughs> you out next episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Stacy, lay it on me. Okay, so this week's episode brought to is you by Fresh from Tokyo. So that means I'm going to mispronounce everyone's names. Ooh. Okay, so this story is about Sadamichi Irasawa fucking nailed it. Do you think I I nailed it? I do. Okay, I'm going to go with it. I have faith in you. I didn't Google any of this shit, so you guys just bear with me, (laughs) as we always do. On January 26th, 1948, in Toshima, Tokyo, a thin man wearing a loose white coat with like an official looking armband that had the word sanitation written on it, walked into a branch of the Imperial Bank right before closing time, Mm -hmm. and this guy comes in and he says, hey, I'm an epidemiologist- the fuck and my name is jiro yamaguchi crushed it (laughs) so he claims that he urgently needed to speak with the bank manager and the workers bring him to the manager's office and he explains to the manager that there was a sudden outbreak of dysentery Ooh, and that he was a public health official who was sent by some post-world war ii u.s occupation authorities or whatever because this is 1948 I Mm -hmm. think I said yeah and he was sent to inoculate the staff to help protect them against the outbreak of dysentery all right yeah seems a little strange right yeah so the bank manager agrees that everyone needs to be protected because I guess in post-war Tokyo there was like a drastic shortage of food and a lot of people were suffering from food poisoning and illness because of the poor like food quality of what they did have oh shit which I never knew by the way I did not either so hopefully my sources are correct so uh, the bank manager's like, yeah, I don't want fucking dysentery. I don't want my workers to get dysentery. Do what you got to do. Yeah. The only time I've ever actually like heard of dysentery is in Oregon Trail. So yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I guess it also wasn't really uncommon to follow orders of the occupying powers at the time in Tokyo. People were just like, yo, bro, tell me what I got to do to not fucking get hurt and I will listen to you. Yeah. So the, the bank manager's like, yeah, okay, let's go fucking inoculate everyone. That sounds so dirty. <laughs> it really does. I'm going to inoculate the fuck out of someone. <laughs> I was like, is that the right word? <laughs> Don't inoculate me. <laughs> well, I get inoculated if I sit here. <laughs> um, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the bank manager is like, yeah, inoculate the fuck out of everyone. <laughs> yeah, got it. <laughs> So there were 16 workers at the bank, and at least one of them was a child. Oh no! I guess it was like a f- child of one of the workers. Mm-hmm. And they were told by this public health official to bring teacups, bring their teacups, and go line up. Okay, Everybody just has teacups. Well, yeah, it's fucking Japan. I guess. Yeah, and fucking everywhere else except for the U.S. has teacups. Evidently, they'd and be tea like kettles. Bring your teacups. And I'd be like, I have my. That's messed up, mug. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and they'd be like "Eh, that'll do (laughs) i guess okay so this guy this mystery guy he fills each person's teacup up with liquid and he claims this form of the inoculation would give a better immunization than an injection okay and so people are like cool i'm gonna drink the fuck out of this yeah so he warns them hey guys you might feel a little discomfort in your throats and if you feel that way let me know and i've got another liquid that i can give you that will help alleviate the discomfort Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm sounds like a second dose of murder i know and everybody is like so chill about it (laughs) actually you don't know that they weren't like everybody was like yes give it to me but like also if you think about the culture like you respect one another, and especially authorities. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I forget what it's called because I haven't been to college in forever, but basically you don't want to be the one to stand out and say, like, I'm not going to do this. You just, like, go along with a group. Yeah. Oh, You don't want to, like, call attention to yourself. But I'm not sure that they even thought that there was a reason to. They, like, just were like, okay, right? Yeah. Well, and if you're, like... When you get a flu shot, they're like your arm might be a little uncomfortable for a while, and you're like, "Oh, okay, cool." Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah. You're not like, "Did you just murder me?" Yeah. (laughs) Why is my throat itchy? (laughs) Okay. So people obviously drink the liquid, and they immediately begin to react, and they fall to the ground. Oh God. And they realize, you know, obviously that the vaccine given wasn't in fact medicine, but instead it was poison. Oh no. So when all of the victims are suffering the effects of the poison, the man proceeds to rob the bank, taking money that was like laying out on desks and stuff. And it amounted to, one article said 2000 US dollars at the time, and another one said like 700 So Ooh. not that much money, right? Yeah. Not rob a bank money. Or like kill 16 people money, right? That <laughs> like, too, yeah. Not worth it. Yeah. And oddly enough, this man left money that was like easily acceptable. The majority of the money in the bank just left it there oh also accessible did i say that you said acceptable i did yeah that's so weird i do that a lot and sometimes i listen to it and i'm like that's really weird it's like i was so close to the word (laughs) it's mom brain (laughs) yeah it is and it's just like half checked out super tired brain (laughs) okay i'm glad you fucking caught that shit (laughs) you guys know i know what that word means yeah okay 10 of the poison employees died in the bank there on the floor oh fuck i know two of them died later in the hospital. And four others ended up actually surviving the attack. Oh, wow. Was the kid one of them? I don't think so. It didn't, you know, it didn't specifically name the kid as surviving, but it kind of was like one of the people who drank the poison was a kid. Mm. So if if you're mentioning it. it, it's probably that. And if like adults were dying from this amount, I'm sure. You know, Yeah. I might have like questions if this person who's supposed to be giving this immunization like, gave the same dose to a child that they did to me. Yeah. I might be like, he should have less. Know. But I don't know how that works. Is, like, a child's flu shot different than, like, my flu shot? Probably. Yeah. Or at least the dose. Should be. <laughs> yeah. Like, like fucking, you're fucking twice a person that he is. <laughs> Deal with that immune system. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it turns out that in recent weeks prior to this attack... There were two other banks that had experienced a similar event in which somebody claiming to be a health official offered an inoculation to the bank workers and said that another health official would eventually come back to check on them later or some shit. Mm -hmm. But no one ever returned to check on the workers and no one was ever poisoned or harmed or anything. It's just like somebody walked in and was like, hey, I'm here to inoculate you. Take this stuff. We'll come back. Like someone from the military is going to come check on you and make sure – you're cool. I don't know if they're going to check. Were they giving them the like something to drink? Yeah, it was the same exact scenario, like putting liquid in teacups. They were drinking it, but no no one was ever poisoned or anything. So no one ever reported it. They were just like, how weird. They never came back to check on us. Right. That's weird. And It was never reported. It seems like he's just making sure that like they'll do it, like it'll work. That's exactly what they're saying. Like the police were kind of like, this is like a rehearsal." or something of the actual poisoning event oh god and what's interesting is that in each case the like mystery man he left behind a business card and uh, in, that's fucking well I mean he would be like hey I'm so and so I'm Jiro Yamaguchi from the health fucking department here's yeah. my card from com. <laughs> yeah from like you can totally trust me yeah. trust me <laughs> So there's business cards left at every scene, right? Yeah. In one of the previous rehearsals, the business card left behind was marked Jiro Yamaguchi. And after extensive research, the police determined that no one by the name of Jiro Yamaguchi actually existed and that the business card in this scenario was actually a fake business card. Big shocker, right? First of all. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real business card. Okay, well, it's a fake person. <laughs> okay, and it's maybe a fake not a company or something. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe not a real business. Yeah. Okay, I getcha. I getcha. In another one of the quote-unquote rehearsals, another business card was used with the name. Ugh. <laughs> Dig in, guys. Okay, <laughs> with the name Shigeru Matsui. Oh, I feel like you crushed that too. Okay. I'm well, not seeing how they're spelled though. So. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have to say Shiguru a lot, so I'm gonna struggle with that. Shigaru. You can call him Shack. I don't know Shack. <laughs> yeah. Shiguru. Give you a very different mental picture. I am quite honestly doing this very phonetically, but that usually works with like Japanese names. Shigaru. Shigaru. Yeah. Shigaruwa. Okay, so Shigaru in one of these like rehearsals or whatever gives out the business card. And claims to be from the Ministry of Health and Welfare, the Department of Disease Prevention, right? That's yeah. what this business card says. So it's really fucking professional. Yeah. And police investigate and they find that the person by the name of Shigeru Matsui actually exists and works for the Department of Disease and Prevention. Oh, shit. So it's a real business card. So mm-hmm. They have a lead. Yeah. They go out and they interview him and they find that he has a really tight alibi for the night of the robberies. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, for the night of the robbery and the killing and the poisoning and all the other things that took place at that bank. Yeah, and all those murders and, and all stuff. the murders that I forgot to mention in my notes. And they ask him, who have you given your business card to recently? And here's where I should mention that often in the Asian cultures, especially in like China, Japan, Korea, in my experience anyway, because I have a lot of it, Uh (laughs) uh, there's like this really strong cultural habit of exchanging your business card with literally anyone you meet and legit like anyone you meet. It's like you greet, like when you shake your hand, you give a business card. Of course- all of my experiences within the company that I work at currently. <laughs> yeah. And it's in a like professional setting. Yeah, exactly. But still like I've been out to like dinners that we host as a company for our suppliers who are in Asia. Yeah. And every single person will like literally present the business card to you as if it were a gift. <laughs> like hello. L- legitimately it's like viewed that way and the one time that I had gone to this like business thing I didn't have business cards I still don't have business cards because I don't work directly with customers I like work with my teammates right yeah so every time they'd like hand me this business card in this beautiful presentation and I'd be like thank you and like add it to my deck like I have nothing to give back to you add it to my deck <laughs> yeah <laughs> by the end of the night I legit had so many business cards and I'm like man I should have brought a purse I don't know what to do with all of these I still shuffling them yeah it still them, by the way but it's very common that, you know, that's what you do, right? All right. So to us, it seems kind of odd that, like, you handed out a business card and you're going to fucking murder everybody, but it probably would have been, like, a bigger red flag to not show your business card. Yeah. Like, what are you hiding? Yeah, exactly. Like, who are you? Are you really who you say you are? Give me your card. It's almost like a badge. Show me your badge, cop. Ooh. It's like everybody has your ID uh-huh. your phone number on it. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, the police ask Shigaroo. Sugar Ray. uh uh-huh. Sugar Ray is like... <laughs> i just want to fly oh, a wicka, Should- wicka 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 wicka, wicka. <laughs> god damn that was good <laughs> thank you oh i just broke my rib laughing at that that fucking hurt oh you're welcome oh man okay so you know who'd you give your business card to and he claims that he's exchanged cards with now, listen, I don't know how accurate this number is because half the shit comes from Wikipedia. Other half comes from articles I've never seen before. Yeah. But supposedly he exchanged cards with 593 people and he knew this number. Oh. I'm guessing because he had 593 cards himself. Did they give him a minute to count that up or was <laughs> he just like 593 and you actually are 594. <laughs> yeah. I don't <laughs> Trying know. to reach that 600 goal. But like, whoa. Yeah. I have a New Year's resolution. Yeah. <laughs> also, God damn that's a lot of fucking business. I don't even know what I do know what five hundred ninety three business cards look like. You absolutely do. But like, you need a special sleeve to hold those. Yeah, yeah. You don't just have those in your wallet. Yeah, that's a lot. Okay, so he narrows it down a bit and says that of all of those people, of those five hundred ninety three cards, only a hundred that he exchanged with them. Or the type of business card that was used in the poisoning. Ooh, okay. Because he I, mean, he must have like changed his design or some shits. And he knows like I've only given out 100 of these. Yeah. He still has 8 of those 100 cards. So that means that he had exchanged 92 cards with those people. Okay. With people. Sorry. So I take back what I just said where he gave out 100. He must have only had 100 printed or some shit. Yeah. He had 8 of them still. Gave away 92. Okay. Makes sense. Luckily... Did he have 92 business cards? And then they were just like, let's flip through all these and see which one looks fucking fishy. I'm so glad you asked that. That's a great segue into what I was about to explain. Oh, good. Because that's what I would do. Even one better. Luckily, Shigaru had a habit whenever he would meet someone new and exchange business cards, he would write down the time and place that he had met them. Ooh. So then not only did they have like kind of a timeline mapped out, right, of when exchanges could have happened or whatever, like, yeah, I don't know, and a place. But they also had all their name and contact information. That's pretty good. So the police use that information to, like, zero in on those 92 people that Shigaru had exchanged cards with, right? Mm-hmm. So it gives the police somewhere to start, right? Yeah. They track down 62 of those individuals and end up clearing themselves or they have an alibi or whatever, right? 62 of those people are clear. And they're not suspected of the poisoning. Mm -hmm. 22 other card exchangers, I guess we'll call them, were found to be, quote, irrelevant to the case, whatever the fuck that means. Okay. So that left eight cards. Okay. And of those eight cards, one had been received by a man by the name of Sadamichi Irasawa. (laughs) Okay. So the police go to interview Sadamichi, and they ask him if he still has Shigeru's business card that he received in exchange, right? Like, you exchanged this time, date, whatever. Do you still have his card? And Satamichi claims that he no longer had the business card because it was stolen from him in May. Oh yeah. When people are just like on those business card heists. No. <laughs> well, he said he claims that he had his wallet in his pocket of his overcoat, and that a pickpocket had like stole his wallet from his overcoat. Oh, okay. And so my wallet got stolen. I lost the cards. But the police were like, that's pretty fucking suspicious because May in Tokyo is way too fucking hot to be wearing an overcoat. Ooh. Police also find that Satomichi suspiciously had in his possession the exact amount of money which had been stolen from the bank recently. Okay. He and when he just like answered the door with it. <laughs> like, well, fanned out in his overall uh, fucking front pocket. He's like, it's sure hot in May. So yeah. He's like fanning himself with these dollar dollar bills. <laughs> they're still wrapped up in banknotes. Okay, so the reason that they knew that he had this exact amount is because they were suspicious of him. I'm not really giving a very good timeline of how everything is happening, but they're suspicious of him, so they start investigating him and okay. they interrogate him and they look into his bank account. They find the exact amount of money and they're like, well, that's pretty fucking suspicious. Where'd you get this money from? Yeah. And sadamichi's like, I'm not going to tell you where I got the money from. Oh, that's not suspicious at all. And they were like, see here, you should <laughs> tell us that though, because we think you attempted to kill these 16 people. Yeah. And he refuses to explain where the money came from. I'd just be like it was a gift from my fucking great great granny. Actually, I did read one article where he said it was a gift from somebody. Because this guy, oh my Sadamichi, god, I think like a murderer. <laughs> oh lord, baby Jesus. <laughs> uh, I guess Satomichi was an artist, and he claims that somebody like paid him like a gift. Because they were fucking supporting his art habit. <laughs> All right, like a donation. Yeah, exactly. A donation. And that's how he got the money. But it turns out that this person that he claimed gave him the money died a long time ago or Ooh. previously. So that's it wasn't clear that that's where it came from. Yeah. Somebody else claimed that perhaps the money came from him drawing pornographic pictures Ooh. on the side as like a side biz yeah. to make some cash. But he didn't want to admit that because then that would have, like, fucked up his artist career, like his reputation. Yeah. That makes sense. Or he could have robbed a bank. That too. Well, that makes more sense. Yeah. So when the police ask him for an alibi on that night that the bank was robbed and everybody was poisoned... He claims that he was taking a stroll close to the bank at the time of the robbery. Okay, so placing yourself at the scene. Yeah, so obviously his alibi couldn't really be like verified. Like you're taking a stroll and you just admitted to being close to the scene? Yeah. What the fuck? And actually one of the articles mentioned that the investigator on this case was claiming like anybody who's lying is going to have tiny truths in there within your lie. So yeah. you're saying I was taking a stroll by the murder scene? To me makes me think, You were at the murder scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like, ah, I was close to it. I was near there in case you have any cameras that put me over there. Exactly. So two of the survivors of the poisoning were actually able to positively identify Sadamichi as the person who had come into the bank and offered them this flavor aid. Yeah. (laughs) And they were able to do so because he had a unique scar on his chin. Oh. And that was their identifying factor. All right. So obviously police are like, all right, book him. And on August 21st, 1948, the police arrest him and they start to interrogate him. Mm -hmm. Evidently, this interrogation involved torture tactics. Oh, not very good. Yeah. And so he confesses to the poisonings as well as four other previous cases of bank fraud. See, but that sucks because in torturing, like I might confess to it too. Yeah, exactly. It sucks. Exactly what you said. Yeah. He claimed that the previous rehearsals were actually intended to kill the like workers, but the cyanide poisoning wasn't strong enough. So now he's saying I I was I use cyanide oh, basically. Shit. And I was trying to kill him, but I didn't get the fucking quantity right. Turns out he quickly recants those confessions and he, you know, goes to trial or whatever, creates a defense, and he says that his confession wasn't reliable because he was suffering from not because of the Torture, Yeah, yeah. He says, I was suffering from Corsafox syndrome. the fuck is that? uh, Which he must have gotten as a side effect from getting the rabies inoculation. Oh. I googled it. It's actually a syndrome. And the side effects are things like amnesia, lack of insight, losing interest in things quickly, and appearing indifferent to things. And impersonating health inspector people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so he's like, I've got this syndrome and it made me just confess to it. Okay. And the court doesn't buy his defense, and they sentence him to death by hanging in 1950. Oh, shit. His attorneys tried to appeal the death penalty 18 times over the next several years. Whoa. Uh, they argued that death by hanging violated the Japanese constitution that protects citizens against self-destruction. mmm. That's an interesting constitution. That is an interesting constitution. It sounds like, like, suicide's illegal. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't hurt yourself. Yeah. But Uh, hanging, isn't that done by someone else? Well, the lawyers argue that hanging was self-strangulation because, like, your body is what... Is killing you. Yeah, exactly. All right. I'll buy it. But they were unable to get the death penalty revoked. Well, fucking good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? Well, okay. I'm going to explain some stuff to you in a minute. Hang on. So despite being sentenced to death, Satomichi was never actually executed. Several ministries of justice in Japan refused to sign the death warrant because they doubted he was guilty. Oh, shit. I guess one of the main reasons of doubt was that in Satomichi's trial, one of the main pieces of evidence against him was that the poisoning used was potassium cyanide, which was easily obtainable to him. Yeah. And the side effects were fast acting. However, the victim's symptoms did not match that of potassium cyanide poisoning. Instead, I guess these symptoms seem to be more aligned with acetone cyanohydrin, which was a military poison that was slow acting that Satamiji wouldn't have had access to. Oh. I don't, I mean, from all accounts, it sounds like it was pretty fast acting, right? Like they died in the bank. Yeah. But I don't know for sure. And they never really confirm if it was cyanide or this acetone, cyahydrin, or whatever the fuck it's called. I feel like you wouldn't have to rely on just the symptoms. You could take like a toxicology or whatever. I know. Maybe not in the 50s. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. That's crazy. And in Japan, I really have no idea then, you uh, know? I feel like they could have done it way before the US, but that's Oh, just- certainly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And also like the other things we mentioned where it's kind of circumstantial evidence that he had the exact same amount of money. They didn't find any hard evidence to literally link him to the crime scene. Yeah. So I guess it turns out it was kind of like two sides of the fence. The investigator who was searching into Sadamichi really believed he did it and was like driving the prosecution really hard. Yeah. And a lot of his coworkers and people, you know – mentoring him were like you need to drop it it's not this guy and he was like no oh i really believe it's him and i'm doing this and then so he gets convicted and everything right but everybody else is kind of like i mean it Mm -hmm. really looks like it but is it like did you did you present enough evidence at trial yeah to really prove that he had done it oh goddamn! and you get the death penalty for that yeah and so a lot of people are like i mean i don't know like it could be, and I'm not saying he didn't, but you didn't show me enough evidence. Yeah. So when Sadamichi was 88 years old, he was actually granted amnesty from the death penalty by the emperor himself. What? Isn't that crazy? And when he was 95 years old, after being in prison for 32 years, on May 10th, 1987, he died in prison of pneumonia. Oh, shit. You, you almost got. died of that. I got I got pneumonia lung. You got pneumonia. Also, 95? Goddamn. In lives prison? He fucking ever. Because they drink that goddamn tea. I guess. He didn't drink the flavored tea. No, he didn't. There is so much more on this case, by the way. Most of this case is, like, after the crime committed. All of the, like, trial and shit. And I'm kind of glossing over it. So if you want to research and dig into it, it's super interesting. And this last little bullet has fucking articles upon articles on itself. But after his death, Sadamichi had an adopted son, and I won't go into that and how they adopted or whatever, but his adopted son still wanted to try to clear his name because, oh. you know, like, great honor and yeah. your fucking reputation and shit. Yeah. And so he submitted a 19th request for retrial, because remember I said his lawyers tried 18 times mm-hmm. to retry him. But in September of 2013, the adopted son actually died at the age of 54. And everybody said he died because of the stress of trying to like oh, clear sad. his dad's name. Yeah. And after he passed away, the Tokyo High Courts announced that they were going to consider the case closed unless anyone else from Satomichi's family stepped forward. Aww. Isn't that crazy? That's fucking crazy. So this guy could have potentially poisoned all of these people, but what for? Like he didn't even steal that much money. Yeah. And whoever did it, they still didn't even steal that much money. Yeah, whoever did it didn't steal that much money. And it's not like he necessarily knew or whoever knew, like, that that's all that they were going to get. I mean, if you're going to rob a bank and murder people, you're in it for the long haul. You're just going to murder the people and, like, take what you can get. Yeah, you know what I was kind of thinking was, okay, whether or not it was this guy, I don't fucking know. I don't know if it was Sadamichi. Obviously – It kind of looks like it. He looks pretty fucking suspicious. Yeah. And he was an artist. So maybe he needed some money or (laughs) maybe he was just fucking bored with his life. And artist minds are, you know, intricate and crazy. And so he was like, you know, it'll be fun. I'm going to orchestrate this crazy thing. Yeah. What if it was more of like, you know, the U.S. occupation people, military or whatever. They were like, I want to give them a bad name. Like staging it. Yeah. Like don't trust them. Ooh! because they're gonna come give you this medicine and it's actually gonna kill you like don't trust i don't know like i yeah, I didn't read yeah. that theory anywhere digging into some conspiracy theory stuff yeah and that's Which just I'm, like my, i'm in for yeah <laughs> it's just my own thinking on some sort of motive or something because they didn't even take that much money yeah they just killed some random people they had a couple quote-unquote trial runs but well, I'm, I'm like why why kill them you could have yeah. given them like i don't know sleeping pills that knocks them all out or roofies or something yeah i don't know unless they wanted to create the scare right like a scare tactic yeah or unless you wanted to kill them yeah i don't know it's weird like that could have been the motive itself that's a good old-fashioned whodunit and fucking who knew exchanging business cards could uh get you hung up in a murder yeah i was pretty convinced for the first half of that that it was actually that guy Oh yeah, yeah card yeah. guy and it he's could like be. oh it's these 90 fucking two other people or whatever yeah well goddamn yeah it's fucking wild i actually want to see if there's like a podcast done on this because i didn't necessarily search for one but it'd be interesting to hear what they found because it's kind of like it's so old and there's so few articles that actually give unique information like it's all kind of the same shit yeah that i'm sure i'm missing a bunch Ooh, i wonder i know and i kind of want to dig into it okay anyway so That's my fucking story. Well, that's a fucking excellent story, Stace. Thanks. Hey, you're welcome. (laughs) I'm sorry for anyone who actually knows how to say all of those names. Yeah, listen, it's not what we're known for. It's not what we're best for. No, we're actually known for the opposite. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I have some caramel in my coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it all right lady okay tell me about it well you can find pictures pertaining to our cases at isgdpodcast.com you can also find links to our patreon and our merch yes we are on social media on facebook instagram and twitter at isgdpodcast come talk to us you can email us case suggestions or love letters or anything you feel like oh no don't do love letters hate mail no ah <sighs> nothing fun god i guess you can just email us with whatever at isgdpodcast at gmail.com i guess love letters i'll take love letters (laughs) (laughs) questions about relationship advice stop it no one wants your advice (laughs) it's gonna be so bad i will read it on the podcast (laughs) these poor people what else are we you gotta come join the facebook group do you remember what it's called i said goddamn pod group no the goddamn pod group yes the goddamn pod group the the goddamn pod group. (laughs) (laughs) no one's gonna be able to find it because i keep fucking it up whatever um you can twit at us and we'll tell you what it's called yeah you can email us you can do you know what anything anything is possible when barbie looks this good that's true you could also write us longhand yeah. Oh, Aaron would love that. Do that. At PO Box 2764, Spring Valley, California 91979. Also, you would love it too, bitch. I fucking legit love it. <laughs> I legitimately love it. All of my pictures. Uh, yes. <laughs> we got this envelope. Do you think it's about? <gasps> oh my God. This is where we should mention, uh, by the way, this <gasps> fucking awesome bottle insulators we got from April. Hell yeah. Uh, I am so sorry. I finally gave you yours because I've totally been using mine for like the past month. What the actual fuck, man? Those things are legit. It has a bottle opener on it. It does. And, and it can, keeps your beer so cold. And I can drink my Corona from it. Hell yeah, you can. We should have used this last Saturday when we're doing the fucking I know. video. I definitely forgot to even tell you that they existed because I haven't been drinking when we've been doing the pods. You and then, son of a bitch. I know. They're on my counter. I use them all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm happy to have mine. Thank yeah, you. Well, thank welcome. you, April. Thank you, April. You're fucking amazing. And then also Henry totally sent us an updated version of the hands down picture. He did. And they love with him the lyrics. so much. Oh, my God. This one's pretty fucking cool. Too. It's so It thoughtful. looks way cool. It does with the record. Yeah. Everybody's like, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Anyway, Henry, you're fucking amazing. We appreciate you. Love it. All right. On that note, everybody. Bye. Oh, we're so tired. That's true. Oh, OK. Bye. <laughs>